Last week I finished Zoraya and move on to Kotzer, which is the second malacha, the flip side of Zoraya. Zoraya is causing, enhancing growth, and Kotzer is the separation of something which is growing, stopping of growth, etc. Anything which destroys growth. The obvious simple examples are picking something off of a tree, pulling a grade of blast, a grass out of the ground. Anything along those lines certainly is a classic situation of Kotzer because those destroying the growth, even mushrooms, which mushrooms don't grow the same way other things grow because they're not physically attached the way other things are, but they gain nutrients from the ground. And the destroying of the connection of the nutrients to the ground is also considered kotzer. So a person, when the mushrooms they find sometimes growing outside, kicking them over will be a classic kotzer. Malacha derives of kotzer is stopping the growth from those mushrooms to the ground, and that will be a classic case of so that's something which I think should be pretty obvious, the application of it. What's more re- relevant, probably a lot more practical, is the Durabadans of Kotzer. I want to go through the different Durabadans of Kotzer. Chazal made a number of different zeros. They were concerned that if someone interacts in certain ways with living things, such as trees, the potential possibility of coming to undo or break off a branch or something similar to that Chazal were very concerned about. And therefore, they gave a number of different about interacting with trees. The basic crux of the Xeru is not to use a tree. You can't use a tree. Anytime you use a tree, you'll see how we define the word use, but use of a tree itself is considered to be enough of a concern that if you use it, maybe you'll come to break off a branch, pull off a leaf, do something which would obviously be under the category of Kotzer. The question is, how do we define use? And what's considered to be enough of a use that's an issue? So, the first is one very important point, is that the post can differentiate between a tree and something which is no longer has the status of a tree, such as a stump. A stump of a tree is nothing here anymore. The tree itself is cut down. All you have left is the stump part, there's really nothing you can do at this point to this tree to be a violate Kotzer, and that would not be any concerns of the abundance of Kotzer. For example, you can sit on a stump, you can climb on a stump, you can walk over a stump. Those are all considered normal uses of a tree, which if it was a tree, you cannot sit or climb on the tree, but on a stump itself, it's totally fine. Furthermore, there's a very, um, it's, it's a much broader rule than just regarding Kotzer. There's a rule in Halacha that the banim three tfachim of a tree are considered to be the ground itself, don't have the status of a tree. Now, a tefach in practical terms is about three and a half inches, which means the bottom ten and a half inches of a tree have the status of the actual ground, don't get the status of a tree. Now, the reason why that's relevant is because often sometimes the person will walk over, for example, the stump, Sometimes you have the roots, not, so not the stump, but the, the roots, which sometimes protrude from the ground. You have a tree which will have roots and walk over them or sit on them. That's coming from a tree, which is a live tree. The tree is still alive and well. But the bottom section of it, which is really the bottom 10 and a half inches of the tree, have the status of the ground, don't get the status of the tree, and therefore that can be used on Shabbos, sitting on, stepping on, etc., once you're above that amount, 
that's where the status of the tree begins, and that's where use of it will be considered to be initial and define exactly how we view use. So some of the simple, common examples of use would be leaning against the tree, even though I'm not doing much more than putting some body weight on it, and it's not really a major use. It's enough of a use that a person cannot lean on a tree, they're supporting themselves, etc. That would be a classic use of a tree. Obviously, going one step further, climbing a tree, sitting in a tree, those are some of the considered uses of a tree on Shabbos, and one cannot do that. That's also considered in this Gzeirah Drabana. Many of the questions that revolve around this Gzeirah revolve around using the tree for hanging of a swing, hanging of a hammock, which are all uses of the tree. And is there ever permissible to use a tree in that way? Hang a swing for a child, for an adult, hang a hammock. Are those things permissible to use, as a use to use a tree in that way? So the Gemara says a very interesting differentiation, and really depends how it's structured. And the Gemara says that if it's one step removed from the tree, that's going to be considered including its gzera. If it's two steps removed, not considered. Now, how do we define one step, what's called one step, what's called two steps? So let's use the Gemara's example, and we're going to extrapolate from there to the case of the swing of the hammock. Gemara's example is a, is a basket. You have a basket which is hanging of a branch coming off of a tree, and a person takes a basket and wants to hang the basket on the branch of the tree itself. That's definitely us, sir. You cannot take a basket on Shabbos hanging on a tree. That's for sure considered use of a tree. You're hanging your basket on a tree. Same if you hang anything on a tree, that's the use of a tree. It's not permissible. Then the Gemara discusses, how about if I have a basket ready before Shabbos? The basket's there already. And I want to take an item and put it into the basket. It's not the tree itself. It's a step removed from the tree. Gemara says that's also us, sir. That's considered one step removed because the tree is the tree itself. The basket is one step removed, not, not, not the tree itself, still the Gemara says it's close enough to the tree, you cannot use that on Shabbos. So you couldn't put something into the basket on Shabbos. You also couldn't take something out of the basket. Also considered a use. So let's say you, for some reason, a person will be hanging things in their tree on Shabbos, which is in the basket on the tree on Shabbos. Couldn't put things in, couldn't take things out. I think everyone's familiar with the probably famous story with the stipler. Right? There was a, when he was in the Russian army, and the way the guard duty worked was each person got to have this heavy Russian coat that they got for their two hours of guard duty. And they put it on. It was freezing winter outside. And the sniper was in the Russian army. He was drafted as a, as a young man to the Russian army. And the person before him, it was on Shabbos, the person before him took that heavy Russian coat and hung it on a tree. And he came to do his turn. And the, the coat was on the tree. So he couldn't take it off, and he was trying, obviously, to avoid whatever possible to do Malach on Shabbos. So he said to himself, okay, so I, can, I can't take it off, but I probably could wait a couple of minutes without taking it off. So maybe I could delay at least doing the Malacha right away. So he said he waited two minutes, and he said, okay, two, I can maybe manage another two minutes. And the story goes, he went the entire two hours, kept pushing it off two minutes, and managing not to take it off a tree. It's interesting that he himself said, he had, at the end of his life, he was very hard of hearing. And I don't know if he himself attributed to that or others attributed to that, that being outside in the incredibly cold weather, probably much colder than we had in Cincinnati last week. I don't think I can even compare. 
maybe closer to the hand of Minneapolis, which was, I think, 70 below. That was something more similar, but it was, as they say, it affected his hearing at different points. Early on, earlier on in his life, he already had a hearing issue. Regardless, that was the story with the disciple. And it's just, again, the classic example of this thing. Something, this person takes a sweatshirt, right? And either from before Shabbos was up there, couldn't take it down, couldn't put it back up, right? Either one of those things, all considered the use of a tree. So what's considered two steps removed? So the Gemara's example is I have a hook into the tree, a nail hook. The basket is on the hook, and I want to put something into the basket or take something out of the basket. The Gemara says that's mutter. It's already far enough away from the tree. It's two steps removed from the tree. I have the hook, then I have the basket, and I'm putting something in the basket or take something out of the basket. The Gemara says that's mutter. A person can do that on Shabbos, they can do something which is enough removed from the tree. They're not going to be considered or concerned or worried. They might go and interact with the tree in that way. So now we at least have a, con- a, a context of what one step removed or two step removed are. So how would that apply to our case? More classically, we don't probably use have baskets on there, but potential swing, hammock, etc. So there's no question if the hammock, which the way normally would be, is tied around the tree itself, probably the normal way to use the hammock, a person cannot go in there. That's similar, it's one step removed. That's similar to the classic case, so we have a basket. No difference if it's a basket which is holding whatever that is, or holding me, or holding my child, right? So the swing, or the hammock, is the basket, one step removed from the tree. I cannot go in there on Shabbos. I cannot put a child in there on Shabbos. That cannot be used on Shabbos at all. Two steps removed would be, if you had something which was into the tree itself, maybe some sort of bracket, which was in the tree itself, and then you took the string and you tied it onto that bracket, nail, hook, whatever it may be, then to go into the basket, or in this case the hammock, is two steps removed. We have the hook, we have the hammock, which is two steps, second step, and then to go into the hammock or use the hammock, two steps removed and that's okay. Now it's very important to point out, as the post can say, it has to be there are actually clearly two steps, meaning that sometimes, like a lot of the children's swings, it comes with a bracket that's made to go onto the, onto the tree and the rope going around there. That's all considered one step because that's all the way it was meant to be fashioned. It was, meant to be, it was made to be put up in a way where this is all part of one mechanism. There's the string and then there's the bracket, which goes around the tree. That's all considered one. That cannot be used on Chavez. But if you would add something additional to that, which is not, again, part and parcel of the tree itself, you put in a separate hook, separate bracket, and then hang this onto that, that will be okay. And then it can be used in Shabbos. And this is very important. I think a lot of people are confused about this. Can or cannot use a hammock on Shabbos. It really depends how it's set up. Depends how, how it's done on Shabbos. How it's done before Shabbos. And whether it's put into, again, two steps or one steps removed. And that's the Gemara's differentiation. Again, depending how close it is to the tree. Just one Clarification question. If a person had the hook there before Shabbos, the hammock wasn't up, can you hang the hammock on the hook on Shabbos? No, that's why, that, that's, right. So even if you had the hook from before Shabbos, you have to have the hammock up there before Shabbos, you can't hang the hammock on the hook on Shabbos. So if it will come down, you couldn't put the hammock back up. Because that's considered one step, then using the hook, which is one step removed. It's only if the hook is up and the hammock is up already from before Shabbos, then you can put something inside the hammock yourself or person, whatever else can go in there. So that's a very clear distinction and differentiation, really depending on how the hammock is structured, how the swing is structured, how it's done, how it's set up onto the 
tree if it can be used on Shabbos. And this is relevant to zip lines, right, which is another common thing that's often done on trees. If it's one end of it is attached to a tree, that's a problem. You cannot use that. That's one step removed. That's the rope attached to the thing. And especially if, if even if it's maybe two-step, but it's all part of the same mechanism, like we said before with the swing, sometimes it's all part of it's set up that way. If you have a zip line which is attached to a tree, that's going to be us to use on Shabbos because it's using one step removed for the tree. It's hard to, I'm not sure if a zip line is even feasible to make it in a way which two steps removed. In order to be, for them to be safe, they have to really tie it around the tree in a very tight way, and that's I think, the way they're usually done, and, and just for safety purposes. So I don't know that, that a zip line really is must do on Shabbos if it's attached to a tree. If it wasn't attached to a tree, if it attached to something else, I, like, it could be fine. Many of them are attached to trees. So, but if I, let's say, deliberately took like wooden boards and made like a fence around the tree, almost like around the tree trunk, and then wrapped the zip line around that, right? Correct. That's okay. Yeah, that's correct. That's, well, that's not even attached to the tree itself. Even if it was even the, right, if it wasn't attached to it, it uh-huh. just was around it. That would be that would be okay. okay. Right, because it's not attached to the tree itself. Even if it was in proximity of the tree, but as long as it wasn't attached, that's really independent of the tree. But if, one, if let's say that board was attached, and then you attach the rope onto there, right. that would be two steps. Like a treehouse, also. Yeah, treehouse is a classic issue. But right. if I do, let's say, like a two. But the problem is that that a, a treehouse is is always leaning on. It's leaning on the. It's uh-huh. right. It it's right, it is the tree. Right? Right. It's, it's on the tree. Yeah. So really, no way to climb a treehouse on Chavez or go into a treehouse on Chavez. Again, these are often relevant to children and children of Yilchanach should be taught. You know that these things are not taught once a Yilchanach. Younger than that, they would not be required to be um, taught that. So my, my children keep pushing me for. They really want a, a zip line. Anyway, I was trying to try to figure out a way we could do without. We have. Big trees in the back. What? Yeah, well, it has to be very. I mean, to be high, to be to be somewhat, you know, in, right, to be on zip lines. So, like, I've been trying. It's not. It's not simple. Like, you know, that unfortunately, probably some people have them and don't realize they probably can't be used on Shabbos. And and often, once you have it, it's Shabbos is like a great time for it to be. You know, they want to use it, so it gets a little tricky. But so a lot of them are problematic based on this on this concept because they're attached to the tree itself and, and often done in a way which is not going to be permissible. Uh, just a, another simple example, uh, if someone had, let's say in the, in the stipler's case, someone had a coat that was hanging on a tree and coat they can't take off, but can they take something out of the pocket of the, of the coat? Is it two steps? No, it's not. That wouldn't be. Right, it's I mean something in the coat like like that's in the basket, so that's just one step removed. Unless the coat was on a hook, which was on the tree, right? So it just it's see how far this goes. Again, not always so, such common scenarios, but things get stuck sometimes, especially with kids, and, and things get stuck up there or put up there, etc. Then just uh, keep in mind what can or cannot be used in terms of um, the tree being there. So if a ball gets stuck <coughs> in the branches, right? Got a classic example. It? Yeah, a classic example, right? If, uh, yeah. What if you wrap something around the tree, like burlap around the trunk of the tree, and then you tie a rope around that? Is that considered? What What does it mean? That means the like you actually wrap the trunk. The whole the whole trap the whole the whole trunk is wrapped. Or like a big section of the trunk is wrapped. Okay. 
So the problem was, right, it's, it, it's not really considered a remove from the tree. In other words, the whole point of the... Right, in other words, that it's, it's, I wouldn't think that would count because the, the case, the Gemara's case is like, it's like independent because it's the, the hook and then the basket. Like, this is really around the tree itself. The fact that you covered the tree, I don't think it would make it a separate, independent of the tree. I think it would still be considered um, connected to the tree. Okay, another simple example or potential example would be um, um, placing items on the tree, as as we really mentioned this before, right, to hang something on there or to put something on there, would be also considered to be included in this in this issue. The more famous example the Gemara brings is so interesting that riding an animal, and that's the more example riding animals almost always necessitated having a stick. And the reason why running animals is also in Shabbos is because you might come to pull off a stick. So another Xavier de Abanan, which is not necessarily even related to the tree itself, but related to the use of the of the use of the potential use of the tree, and therefore you cannot write animals on Shabbos, which is one of the reasons why animals are mukta on Shabbos is really all related to back to this question, is that animals themselves for riding them, you can't ride them because they're concerning when they come to break a branch. If you can't ride them, what other use do you have for an animal on Shabbos? You have no other use for them. The only use you would have had is the fact that you can ride them. Since you can't ride them, so that, that makes the muksa. It means muksa is, is always defined. We'll get this much later on. We'll get the muksa. It's always defined. It doesn't have a use. So animals have no use on Shabbos. There's no use of it. You can't use an animal on Shabbos. Nothing you can do with it. And that's what makes the muksa. And because there's no use, that's, that, that, that's really what the, the concept of muksa comes from. Right, the thing that would be different, because yeah, that has a clear necessity and use for the person. There is much discussion in the post game about, you know, if someone has a pet, so is that considered a use? Do they use it to play with? Or isn't that the, the consensus of most post is not considered a real use. And, and that's not something we make a mutter on Shabbos, so it's still considered mukta to, certainly to pick it up, which is what mukta always is, is moving it. Right? Walking, for example, an animal on Shabbos will not be an issue because I'm not necessarily moving it, it's walking on its own, not that you have something attached to it, not necessarily be an issue, but picking up an animal, moving an animal, even potentially touching it to the point that you would move some of its fur might be really a question, and that's all including to the mukta question of animals, being they have no use. And this is really where it comes from because of the concern of pulling off a branch. Another very interesting halach, which is relevant to this idea of, of kotzer, is Chazal were concerned that if you would smell an item, which is enticing, it smells good, it smells enjoyable, there's a concern you might come to pull it off. Now, Chazal made a very interesting differentiation between fruit and flowers. For example, a person has a fruit uh, which is attached to a tree, to go smell the fruit in Shabbos is not permissible. Why? Because I'm concerned. It smells so good. It smells so luscious. You might come to want to enjoy it and might, as a result, pull it off of the, of the tree. And then for Chazal, maybe Xeri cannot go smell a fruit on Shabbos. A flower, which may be a sweet-smelling flower or enjoyable-smelling smell, can be smelled on Shabbos. And the Gemara says the reason why is because even though it's true 
it smells good and you may be similarly enticed to pull it off, but you could enjoy it while it's on. I mean, the enjoyment is the smell, you can enjoy it while it's there. A fruit, the enjoyment is eating it. And if it's not just a smell, the smell is only because it's enticing to eat. And therefore, the Gemara was more concerned about a fruit. It may come to be led to pulling it off, which may come to eating it. And therefore, that's why there's more of a concern for fruits. Flowers, since they can be enjoyed while they're on there, that would be okay. And a person can't smell those on Shabbos, even if they're attached to the ground, attached to a tree, etc. That would not be any, any concern with that. Okay, so that really covers the Malachas Durabanan for Kotzer. There's one more very fascinating question, which I want to bring up in the, really in the context of everything we spoke about regarding Pesachresha and things of that nature. The Gemara mentions another example, which is a potential Kotzer issue, is a person running through tall grass, or maybe even walking through tall grass. And the bottom line is that really this goes to the rule of Pesachresha, meaning that you're not intending to pull out grass, not intending to remove grass in any way, but it certainly may happen as a result of walking through it. <coughs> when you're running through it, even more likely that's going to pull out grass in the, in the process of running through it. And again, it goes by this rule, is it a psychration or a psychration? If it's a psychration of running through this tall grass, will pull out grass, that's going to be an issue. If it's not a psychration, then it's not. Shlomozal makes a, Arbach makes a very fascinating point, which I think really gives us a broader perspective on Sikresha. If you could imagine a person running through tall grass, the likelihood of over the entire field, let's say, that he's running through, of pulling out grass, let's assume is a Sikresha. Let's assume that's 90% or more, that over this entire field, they'll have pulled out grass. However, each step they take is not necessarily a psychration. Which each step is maybe we'll call it a 50% chance or a 30% chance of pulling out grass. But over the process of running through the field, that's called psychration. Of Shlomazalman Arbach's perspective on psychration is that it doesn't go by each, doesn't, so it doesn't go by the sum total of this entire field. It really goes by each action. Each action is defined independently. And therefore, if each action by itself is not a psychratia, even though in totality, it will be, be a psychratia that's not going to be an issue. And that's a very important halacha because there are many cases where this is relevant. We mentioned the case of, of brushing hair as one of our examples in psychratia. Based on the way Shlomo Zaman understands it, it has to be each stroke is a psychratia. That means if, you, if in totality, you look at the brush after person uses it, and they took uh, 10 strokes, 20 strokes, 30 strokes, and there was hair in there. That's not going to be an indication of whether it's a grace or not. We have to be that you took 10 strokes, and each, and 9 out of 10 of those strokes, it's going to pull out here. That would indicate that it's a psychratia. Meaning, each action is judged independently. And really, Shlomo Zalman's point is almost compelling, because if not, so where's, how, how, do you, how do you categorize this? Meaning that if you have a field which is three miles long, of course, if I run through a field three miles long, at some point, I'll probably pull out a piece of grass. It's almost inevitable. And if it's 10 miles long, for sure I will. So it does, therefore, that makes it different because it's a bigger or smaller field. Shlomo's point is you don't look at the sum total. You don't look at the entire field, how big that field is. Is it bigger or is it smaller? Is it, and you look at each action that you're doing. Each action that a person's doing is really the step that I took on the next step, 
and the next step, each one really being independent from the other one. And that's the way we categorize what psikvesha refers to. And therefore, there is no question that if a person is be running through a field, as long as each step of the psikvesha would not be an issue. And again, that will depend. Again, there is probably a, 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 certainly a length of grass where it's going to be an issue because it's, it's, it's high enough that even walking through it and suddenly running through it will be a psikvesha really in every step that's going to pull out grass. But that may not be the case necessarily, depending on how tall it was, in all situations, and that would be based on the fact of, of each step is, is really judged independently. One other point regarding this halacha is that it's almost a, it sounds a little bit uh, funny in a way, but Chazal when a, if a person would climb a tree on Shabbos and that really is halacha, there's a question if he's required to stay there the rest of Shabbos. He's allowed to climb off the tree. He's allowed to come down from the tree. So the post can say as follows, that definitely if he climbed up on purpose, he actually required to step the rest of Shabbos. And if he did it, amaze it, did it on purpose, which is an unusual case because the person didn't care about halacha, so then they probably didn't care at all, so they probably wouldn't stay either. But that's the knas, or the, the fine the chazal made that a person is required to stay up the entire Shabbos. Halacha, practical halacha follows that if it's b'shogeg, by mistake, a person can come down. And even more than that, they really should come down as soon as possible, as quickly as possible. The reason being is that Going up there was, it was a mistake. It was a shogi. They didn't realize. They didn't know the halacha. They weren't aware of it. They didn't realize. Now they're up there. They're st- every moment they're using the tree. So now that they were told you can't be using this tree because you're up on this tree, they have to get down as quickly as possible to use the tree as least as, 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 less as possible. So it's interesting that we have, when it's done amazing, it actually stayed there the rest of Shabbos, and Chazal required you to stay up because it's almost like a, like a fine or a knas that's called for using this tree on Shabbos, and they required to stay up the rest of Shabbos. But if a person was the Abishogig, by mistake, they would be allowed to come down, they actually should come down as quickly as possible to avoid staying, staying there any longer than they need to because every moment is still considered to be a use of a tree and that would, would certainly be us. Awesome. Yeah? If he climbed up on, like, on purpose but not amazed, meaning like, I don't know if he's running like a dog, like, <laughs> yeah. he meant to climb up the tree. So I would call it really an onus. Right. Right. So right. They should come down? Yeah, they should. Yeah, because no, it means because I only, only gave this knas. It's like really a knas, which is a fine when a person did it without caring about the idea. But if they did it because uh, that case where they were scared, or, uh, that's even less than a show gig. It's an onus. An onus. It would not be required. To. Okay. So that that finishes off the halachas of, of kotzer. We spoke about the classic deraisa, which is picking off anything which is growing, fruit, grass. Of things of that nature, even mushrooms, and the different rabbanos, which basically include using a tree. Using means the tree itself, not the stump. Differentiate between one step and two steps. Differentiate between different types of, of use, right? Leaning on a tree, climbing a tree, right? swinging from a tree. These are all considered uses of Shabbos. Placing an object on a tree, removing an object from a tree. These are all considered uses, and those are all things that a person can do on Shabbos. Let's just start the next malacha. I'm sure it's a little bit drop complicated, but we'll try to just go through the the practical application of it. The next malach is ma'amir. And ma'amir literally means gathering. And this is all in the steps of planting bread, of, of, of creating bread, 
Right, so it was the first was the plowing, then was the planting, then was the harvesting, which was kotzer, which is the harvesting, and after the harvesting is the ma'amar, is the gathering into sheaves. They used to gather them into bundles and make them into sheaves. That's the classic idea of, of ma'amar. The question is, is there any relevance or practical application of ma'amar, and how would that apply, would that apply today? So on a derisa level, on a Torah level, ma'amar only applies if the gathering is taking place at the, the place where the item grew, which means, for example, if you had apples that fell off of a tree and they were on the ground and you gather them together into a pile, that would be classic ma'amar doraisa. Again, it's not a sheave of wheat the way the, the case of the Mishkan was, but the concept is you're gathering something at the place of growth, which is in this case the place of growth, if it, was, if it grew by the tree, as gathered together in a pile or in a, something which is bringing it together, that's going to be considered to be classic ma'amers, making piles, making anything which is gathered together will be ma'amers. Yeah? Taking one? Taking it to where? Or just taking it down? So, Technically, it's fine as long as it fell before Shabbos. Right. If you wouldn't know this, then it's right. There'll be a problem. But if you knew, let's say it fell before Shabbos, then it'll be okay. The reason why I can't take it fell on Shabbos is because of nolad, which is a muktzeh issue, which we'll get to much later on. It's something which, on, when Shabbos started, was totally unusable. As we mentioned before, obviously you can't pick a tree, pick a fruit on Shabbos, and now its status was changed on Shabbos itself. That's considered no lot. It's something like we created on Shabbos, something grew on Shabbos, and so it, here it didn't physically grow, it, it was grew way beforehand, but something totally changed about its status, and that is muktza based on, on no lot. It's interesting that, again, the, the concept of muktza is muktza really means to set aside, right? In my mind, set aside from. So, normal things which, I keep, which are us that are used, for example, are the muktza because they're set aside. I have no plan on using them, and I can't use them, so they're set aside from my intent. A fruit growing from the tree is set aside because I can't pick it. So it's set aside to an, in a very extreme way. In my mind, that fruit is totally off limits for, for the entire Shabbos. If we if, if we even fall off, that's still considered to be something which is no that It means we started off Shabbos out of my mind, and now something created or or changed about this thing that cannot change its status. It's still out of my mind and, and out of the possibility of use, and that's why it's mukta on Shabbos. So yes, if if it, if it fell on Shabbos, there'll be an issue. If you knew somehow it fell before Shabbos, that would be okay. But even when you had apples, let's say it fell before Shabbos, to gather them together would be classic case of Amr, and gathering it together. Again, probably not so common, not so, not so relevant. But one, maybe more, well, I guess at least a little bit likely case, would be leaves. Right? Leaves, if, if they're together together, leaves on Shabbos would be Ma'amr. It's very interesting. You know, the, who, if you ask them what's any issue with raking leaves on Shabbos, it's actually ma'amer. It's you're gathering together at the place of growth. This is where it grew. It right? fell off the ground right here. fell off the tree right here. fell onto the ground. And you're taking, whether it's with your feet or the rake, whatever it may be, and gathering together would be classic ma'amer. It's taking something that's grew from the ground. It now is in its place of growth, detached from the ground, being gathered together in a pile. And that's going to be ma'amer. Yeah. So... The answer is yes. Leaves, the only issue leaves are the mukta. Right? Leaves the mukta for the same reason because it's set aside for, from a person's mind. There's no use, you can't do anything with leaves unless actually we're designated as a jumping pile, which a person can do that. It just, uh, this is a little of a side point, but when you de- designate something, 
it has to be designated forever to be considered a, a real designation. So you can't Right, if you know for sure it's going to be gone, right, in, in a day that would be an issue, the only way you possibly can, can do something, which designations just for Shabbos itself, is if you do some sort of shina, some sort of actual change to the item itself, which I can't imagine what you do to the leaves to make it change to it. There's really no way of designating leaves for... And, and, and it's going to be another jumping pop. Then it's not going to be. Then it's a change. No, it's a change for 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 Shabbos. For Shabbos yeah, for for the use of for the use of Shabbos. So I don't know really. Take a bag and dump it out into the fire. Yeah, for something in, in the actual physical item. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're going to Disney in Shabbos. So jumping there would be um, potentially the the only thing is that moving something with your body is not really considered a muktzah issue because one can move something with their body on Shabbos. So if it was just purely jumping in it without picking it up, without touching it, technically that would be fine. It would not be violating any muktzah issue if all, the, all one did was jump in there. So kids jumping in there, as long as they're not having leaf fights or flipping, flying it up in the air and, and touching it, technically that would be fine. There's no issue with jumping in the leaves. So it really depends on how, how it's being used. So it can be used, but, but to deal with the potential, potential muktzah issue. We say forever. So let's say I have a leaf pile and it's not yeah. by the curb, it's like by the base of my tree. And I made the pile before Shabbos and I say this leaf pile is forever. But even though I know that eventually it works. Right. Long okay. Away, but as long as it lasts. Like, as long as it. Yeah. As long as it lasts. I mean, it has to be something which, as, my, as far as my designation is, this is going to stay. Right. Yeah, so if you, make a, if you make a special place in your backyard where that's a leaf place, that's okay. Yeah, that's the okay. leaf pile place. That'll be a designation for. Mm-hmm. Inherently, it's indefinite. Right. As long, right. as long as it lasts. So it has to be indefinite. There's no plan on it being gone or stopped or... Right, right I'm not making away. it then after Exactly, the exactly. Okay. exactly. So it's going to be, right, it has to be indefinite use. Okay, so Mitchell will continue on um, this rest of Ma'amar next week. But that's the, the, the rice level Ma'amar. Again, you use these two conditions. That's because something grew from the ground and the place of its growth. Gathering together would be Ma'amar. So it would be, again, the fruit example, the leaves example, potentially. We'll see potentially there is another Ma'amar, Durabanan, which we'll discuss more next week. Is Hashem? Yeah. The apple tree. Yeah. So why, um, if the apples fell like on Thursday, Friday, yeah. and Shabbos, I just want to take them on the floor and wash them. That's fine. It. That's okay. Oh. So yeah. what did you say? It's, it was. You said it's like mukta. Why? No, it's only, no, only if it did fall on Shabbos. Right. If, if, why, how do I know? There's right. so you don't, a million right. apples on the floor. Right. And so, I you want have, to... right. so you, really, you should so not... That's a problem? Yeah. You should, cannot, you can, so unless you should you, not because it could be that they're, correct. they're falling all the time. And yeah, assuming Shabbos. that... Right, unless you know, if it's somewhere annoying right. it fell before Shabbos, you should not eat them on Shabbos because of potential no love issue. Okay. Unless you had some way of knowing, figuring out... Or just take them before Shabbos. Take them before Shabbos. Right. Correct. Got it. Right. Okay, have a wonderful night. Thank you. Good night.